Expanding, Expanding reality. reality. Welcoming <laughs> back, we have returning soul sister, Amy Belair. How the hell are you? I am doing great, Brandon. Always excited to be with you and have a conversation with you. It's the best. Just joyous, just joyous times joyous. amongst... It's insane how we get together and uh, you now have phone conversations every now and then because we're system brother here. And when we speak, it's just always like, oh my God, what have you been doing? And I'm like, oh my God, we've been doing this. And the like you have been doing so many amazing things and just things around us. Our tribe has just been exponentially growing so much and it's just been so cool, but to catch up with you and to be able to see what you've been doing and just to hear about some new things for you and I to just talk shit about the matrix for a little bit. I'm extremely yeah. excited about this. So uh, <laughs> we could skip all the, you know, annuities, all your, uh, the other ways to find you and everything will be located down in the show notes as well as where you introduced yourself for the audience on the other episodes that you were here. So we could skip all that. And just get straight to the how the hell are you and what have you been up to? Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am really good. I am. Well, okay. So <clears throat> my perception of the energy of this year is that it's a, a physical manifestation quantum leap year. Last year felt like um, a consciousness expansion quantum leap year. So the physical was preceded by the expansion of our consciousness really significantly last year is how it felt to me. And then this year, it's like the, the hologram is catching up. It's rearranging itself to manifest in accordance to however we expanded. And so, you know, that's a fun ride to ride if you are a, you know, somebody who... Hmm, is, a, is a consciousness expansion thrill seeker, meaning that you really care about your consciousness and you cultivate it for its own benefit, right? Like not to manifest, but just to feel better in your thoughts and in your, in your being. So I've, I'm feeling like this is a really fun ride to ride right now. And I'm also learning how to slow down because last year was like, oh my God, it was just so much, so much information coming through all the time. And I'm like, Ooh, we can, we can chill out. We do not have to try and keep up with all of it. Yes. It's so funny you say this. I'm going to rip this off of my, I have sticky notes all over the place with all sorts of wonderful things. One of the most valuable ones that I wrote myself this year was that Slow one. down. Just says slow down. And yeah. I, it's right there wherever I'm looking. Usually I'm like, ah, oh, right. Here's where I, I get things done quickly. And I just glance over. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. And it's been one of the nicest things. And so I'm grateful that you also intuitively were uh, thought to rather embrace the suck, like a lot of us have been doing, is embrace the pause because it it uh, enables you to avoid most of the suck if you can yes. just pause and slow down. But that seems to be a very elevated, uh, you know, um, thought that we've gotten to from the not of slowing down. You know, the rushing through everything. I mean, first year and a half of this show, it was I slept maybe two and four hours a night. I was just cranking wow. things, and it was insane. And sixty-hour work weeks with two-hour commutes and. It was stupid. Um, but now it's it's all about this slow down, just slow the hell down. And like you said, also, because of that, it's it was a I think that w for all of us, 2021, and especially 2022, it was just this grind, 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 grind. It felt like this excited. We're happy to be here. We're, we're putting it all out. And now the slow down, you know, mentally to where we don't we're not so not unmotivated, but it's just not uh, we don't feel the eagerness to sacrifice our balance and peace to be able to do the things. You know what I mean? Is that how you felt as well? Totally. And it, it I feel like sometimes there is a season in our life that requ requires or where the energy is right for that kind of like hustle and grind, so to speak, but it's not sustainable forever. And there has to come a point where consciously we're like, okay, 
that season is over and now I have to slow down. And it can feel hard sometimes because it's like trying to slow down a freight train that's going at a pretty good clip. It's exactly it. And what's interesting too, is like you said, this, the the energy of this year feels like that we did do that, but that all the energy just sort of compiled behind us and just compounded on everything and just mushed everything forward. And that's sort of what we're living in is, you know, what Bashar calls about manifestation folks about the echo of where, like you set these intentions, you're crushing, you're journaling, you're doing it. And then you're like, where the hell is, oh, there it is. It's right when you, when you get on the other side of this time period, it seems to be physically a physical time period, but that's, what's interesting too, because in manifestation, all those things they talk about, it could happen in a second. Like you could go from where you are financially to where you want to be financially with a phone call or an email. And it can happen like that. But also with this, there seems to be again, sort of like this manifestation fatigue that I went through. Did you experience this? What do you mean? Tell me about it. Yeah. To where I was just constantly mentally attempting to attract things. And it's whenever I stopped doing that, when I figured out that just being in alignment. So I just go, Oh, well, I'll just focus on being alignment. That's when all the shit just started flowing in. And it just seems like I got fatigued from manifesting from being so mindful about focusing on what I wanted and not, and what I didn't want. Does that make sense? And and to a point where I was just exhausted. Yeah, I did experience that. And it's funny because I I keep wanting to record a reel about it. It's too long to be a story. And it has the last, you know, like it's an important piece that I don't hear people talk about often enough. Um, But I haven't gotten around to it yet. But people who talk about manifestation as like part of their their thing that they do, part of their content, a lot of the times I don't feel like they really give enough I don't know. I I was going to say like honor or credit. I don't know if that's the right. They just don't give enough acknowledgement to that part of the process where your mind gets on board and then it's like a fucking dog on a bone. It, your mind is like, this is what I'm doing. Like manifest, manifest, manifest. And it's almost like, for me, it feels like a really messy process because it's like the rest of my consciousness and the whole universe and all the like, you know, the guides and the angels and all the team, whatever. They're they're like, oh, isn't yeah. isn't her mind so cute that it bless your that heart? It's doing the thing, right? <laughs> and it kind of like our minds are like a toddler, and you just have to like wait it out and let the mind freak out, you know, and be like, where is it? Where is it? And I'm like, I'm focusing so much to the point where you like start to hate your manifestation almost, yeah, your yeah. desire, and then you just then you surrender and then it comes in. And it's so humbling because I I personally believe that I'm a really good manifester. Very, very good. And I still go through that period. Like last year, the things, the growth that I was calling in was really significant. And I, yeah, it was like my consciousness had to expand first. And I kept waiting for the physical, you know, reflection. But But I think when we're calling in something really big, a lot has to shuffle internally before it can actually come into our physically manifested reality. But the whole time, instead of being in alignment, my mind is like trying to visualize the thing and like journal about the thing and do the thing and do the thing. Even though I know how this works, I know you have to surrender. I know you have to just let it go and like shift from, well, I think part of it is that we still are all under the, you know, the illusion of the law of attraction instead of the law of assumption. Right. Because when you're, when you're functioning by the law of assumption, where you're like, I know that this is 
this is 100% guaranteed as long as I'm not pushing it away. And so I'm just going to like chill out and enjoy myself and let it come in. Then you're, then it can come in with so much ease. But as long as we're sort of focused on this, like the secret crap and which is only crap because it's just part of, part of the whole equation. But, you know, like we've received this indoctrination that we have to think about it all the time and we have to, you know, have pictures of million dollar checks on our ceiling or whatever Bob Proctor said, you know, and and then that's when it's going to come in. But it's really like our mind just needs to, yeah, our mind is like a toddler. Just take it to the park and give it some ice cream and call it a day and, and let, let the stuff come in while the mind is distracted with the joy of living. Yeah. You've nailed it with this. It's really about that new information and then being in a state of nonchalance with it. I've compared it to like ordering a pizza. It's like, you don't order a pizza and then call the guy every five minutes to see where your pizza's at. You know, it's in the route, right? And, but being obsessed about when it's going to get here, if they made it properly, you know, Oh, did I forget the breadsticks? You know, are they going to get extra Parmesan, whatever, like all of those uh, little ways in which it occurs, right? The how, and really releasing that releasing the how is like one of the trickier things, especially with the programs. Uh, It's not impossible because that's where I find myself now is I'll be aware that I'm starting the how process in my mind, this Newtonian sort of like cause and effect. Oh, well, if I, then, and when, then I'll, right. And so you get in those sort of things, but I'll catch it real quick. I'm like, uh, uh-uh, we don't do that anymore. You know, that's no longer part of our paradigm moving forward. It's something I'm very able to catch and recognize quickly. And thank you, Thought Ninja. He's he's on it when it comes to that kind of shit. And so it, it has been this just rewording of my, because before, as I was articulating it, I articulated it very carefully when I said I was trying to attract. And it was in that point of being this, not sure, like having the, a having the information, but not the awareness. And so sitting with the information and playing with it for a long time and trying to string this into something finally gave me the awareness to surrender. That's when I understood the words, you know, that's because I'd heard the concept of nonchalance from Abraham Hicks for decades. But then I was sitting here like, oh, got it. That's when it started connecting to the uh, surrender and to the inflow and to the uh, feeling not the thing. And it it all made sense because any of those one things just didn't ring the bell for me by itself. But it did feel like, especially as we start to learn this, and you you nailed it with this toddler's idea. Whenever they like learn something new, you know, I mean, when uh, and um, I'm still super guilty of this. I'll I'll um, look at something and I'll just go for it real quick. I'm just like, holy shit! And then I'll step back and kind of analyze or whatever. But it's easy, sort of, to get excited about the new things, especially when you can see how the impact, the ramifications, especially on these massive things like this. There's this uh, dude I had on with this sovereign. Um, citizen thing where he's talking about completely saying fuck the government and pulling out of it but in a legal sweet way and not like getting tased constantly and shit and it's it's (laughs) really lit me up in the way that manifestation did in the way that like holy shit there's like something huge here to this but now it's having the information but then gaining the awareness with it so i'm in the process of unpacking that and going through that course which has been fascinating it's been very very interesting so something you should you know, I'll, I'll pass this dude along to you. He's very interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I need to check that out because actually I never um, registered William's birth because I just had him at home by myself. And um, so, you know, he didn't have to, he has a health card because I live in Ontario, um, but he doesn't have a, a social insurance number or a birth certificate or anything like that so far. And I keep, I'm like, Ooh, like if I don't know the law, then this is probably going to not be good. But if I know the law, then I can make it work. But I just want him to be sovereign and free. 
Yeah, and samesies. And um, we've got to uh, get together on this conscious parenting thing we're doing with Spencer and Heather and human vibe. There's a bunch of people in this thing. So we'll we'll talk about it. I'll get you on the next meeting, especially. But there's a lot of folks that are just over this shit and doing what you're doing, having them at home, unschooling or homeopathic methods instead of running people off to urgent care in the hospital for every little nick and cut, right? Um, and so it's been this like sweeping movement for sovereignty and we're seeing it on a big level. I'll get this, I'll get you in contact with this dude. His name is Brandon Williams, uh, another Brandon out there representing Horde. And um, this guy is just empowered with information. He's done so much research. Everything's cited. Like it's, it, we sat there and went over definitions for like two and a half hours and I was glued, like absolutely glued. It was fascinating. Wow. Yeah, because it's all about semantics. It's the same things we talk about with NLP, right? With neuro-linguistic programming. This is what's been done to our legal system here in the States. And I'm absolutely certain it's been done to yours as well. It's that there's a beautiful system underneath there that's absolutely empowering. That's had a parasite seated over the top of it. It uses the same language. You've got it. It uses the same words, but it capitalizes them rather than lowercases them. So therefore, it's an entity and a company rather than what it actually is, which is a territory and American rather than citizen of the U.S., which is a company like it's fascinating when you really look into this. Yeah. And so it's those sort of semantics, right? Rather than trying, we're doing, you know, but rather than this way of apprehending your uh, freedoms and liberties, you actually can do it this way and not be a douchebag about it. You know, the way he recalled this, and I know we've talked about a lot of this about uh, age of Aquarius, what's happening right now, astrologically, this, um, that, you know, Pluto's return signified the last time it was around was uh, the French Revolution, right? And so there's all these things occurring right now that are absolutely upheaval ready from this from the perspective of an older civilization. But like Brandon said in that interview, and this is what really set me off with this dude, was it's 1776 without the bodies. So we don't need to go guillotined out, murdering the streets and all this. It's an up level in consciousness, sort of at a sweeping level, 100th monkey effect style to where we don't all have to get wrapped up and like, you know... Um, fucking yelling wolverines and running over the hill you know at shit that's uh, invaded our land and parachuted on like it's silly um it doesn't need to be like that and this is more the mindset i've got and i know you do with it as well it's just a we're out you know you guys go do your thing thanks for you know so long and thanks for all the fish like we're out totally i actually yeah. i have this this program that i'm running it's an, an entire year long as i record it live you know in the future people can just binge it if they want but Right now, uh, I'm doing a piece of content every week and a masterclass every month, and I'm working through all of the chakras, like so the the base seven chakras, but then also the all the transpersonal chakras and all the 12 strands of DNA and the 12 dimensions. And it's all about false matrix emancipation. So it's like recognizing through each chakra, the fuckery that has occurred that has um, basically like, you know, the different kind of trauma programs and um, like astral implants, mind control implants, different things like that, that affect us at different chakra levels that keep us tethered into or like bound within this this system so my expertise is not like i love hearing it just makes me so happy when there are people whose gift it is to do all that research yeah because that's not my gift my gift is the psychic part where i can just like look at the chakras and be like oh my god this is what they're doing to us this is how they're screwing us over but great news this is how we self-emancipate because we can we totally can we just have to be aware of it and then just make new choices And it's not even hard, actually. It's just a willing. I think the hardest part is that we all carry a lot of trauma and we're most of us are really afraid to look at it and feel it. Um, 
And so we, you know, culturally, at least I can only really speak for the Western culture because I'm not familiar enough with the rest, the way the rest of the world does things. But in the Western culture, we tend to just numb out and we just like we just eat, we have sex, we do drugs, we drink, we consume um, entertainment media, like watch sports, that kind of stuff. And it's all basically to avoid looking at the trauma but that's where the that's where the false matrix parasites live is in the trauma yeah it's right there and transcending it is when you can see it you can see it feeding Mm -hmm. on you from that state you're just like oh but if you're in it it's very tricky to and even unbelievably so which is fascinating as well so I want to talk to you about more about this false uh, matrix emancipation. This is uh, fascinating because it's it's real world shit that we're talking about doing over here as well. But this is even further and deeper real world shit because this is actual the deep structures of things that you're talking about withdrawing from. So what's one that you're most excited about that you share with us, maybe? (sighs) Well, do you. Do you want to do you want to pick a chakra to help me narrow it down? Because there's so many. Yes, so actually, um, uh, solar plexus, because I'm curious about this. This is one that um, has a big impact, but I've, and I've heard has a big impact. So I'd like to hear your take on. It. Yeah. So the solar plexus is a really beautiful chakra because basically it's the OK. The way that I perceive it is that we are the sun and the sun is us. And I know that can, if you like totally believe the whole, you know, thing that NASA has given us, then that sounds crazy. And I sound like a hippie, um, but you're listening to expanding reality. So you're probably cool. (laughs) Um, But I, I think this is the reason that we're seeing all of this solar activity because the more we awaken, the more active the sun becomes, the more active the sun becomes, the more we awaken because it's one and the same thing. It's just a, it's a reflection. I, I believe that it's our oversoul, our collective human earth consciousness oversoul, possibly our solar system oversoul. I don't know because I like, I don't know. I'm, I still don't know what outer space is, but regardless, it's like our, our consciousness represented as a ball of light and we each carry um like a little it's like a sun drop in our solar plexus and it's so it's a unique configuration of the codes of that totality consciousness it's not god i'm not saying that's like the whole thing but we each carry it's it's like having a, a thumbprint you know or it's like a snowflake it's a each is individual and unique And so the solar plexus, when it functions properly, it's us just generously radiating and emanating this unique coating of light that is a necessary piece of the puzzle that when we're all radiating that um, in from a place of balance, you know, we recreate the sun together on earth. I don't know if this is making sense, but obviously we're super heavily traumatized. So the solar plexus is also the seat of our power and it's where and and part of our power is that we are guardians of free will so we we choose in every single moment of every day micro choices macro choices it's impossible to not have free will here and free will is absolutely sacrosanct it can't actually be violated that's why we hear people talking about um revelation of the method and all that kind of crap it's because they they can't the false matrix overlords as i call them they can't actually 
completely violate free will without massive karmic repercussions, which they don't want. So they they feed us predictive programming and they tell us what they're doing so that we agree to it. And it's like their workaround. But we are the guardians of free will, which means that we walk the razor's edge between the dark and the light all the time. And each of us can go as much one way as we can the other. So for all of us who consider ourselves to be light workers, um, I think one of the things that's being asked of us is that we don't, we we no longer hold sort of a flavor of self-righteousness and smugness that's like, I'm here for the light as if we're as if our shit doesn't stink, right? As if when we fart, it's all like roses and butterflies. It's not. We can go to the dark side under the right circumstances as much as any other person, any other soul, because we live in the third dimension. And so both of those options are available to us equally. And it's very powerful that we have that, like we really are the guardians of it. We are the ones that have the ability to hold that power and do so with integrity. And it requires a lot of self-awareness, which we have been deliberately conditioned out of so that uh, the majority of at least humans, again, in Western society are lacking in self-awareness. And it's not because they're not intelligent. It's because of all that trauma, you don't want to be self-aware. There's so much trauma in there. And then meanwhile, we're given all these ways to numb out and not be self-aware. And that's what we've chosen. And it gets handed down behaviorally through the generations. Another form of power that we have in the solar plexus is that we are causal agents. And I actually believe that all of the, um, false matrix overlords, whatever, like, you know, I affectionately call them the lizard turds, Yeah, but I believe that they are not of any particular species. I do believe that they are fallen angelics um, and they don't have bodies. They were not created to be here and they were not created to have free will. I, I just don't believe the angelics were created to have free will. I've had some memories of being in the angelic realms and humans are uniquely given this like trifecta of amazingness, which is we, we exist within, I'm going to use the word God, but you know, it can be source, whatever, whatever anybody prefers. I'm not trying to be religious here, but we exist within God's creation or sources creation. And we are creators. We were given the ability to create and we were given free will. So we get to like, we get to exist here, experience it through our senses in this brilliant, vivid, sensorial experience. And then we get to create freely within it. It's And it's so coveted. They covet it so much. <clears throat> so what they do is they get us to abdicate our own bodies as much as possible, again, through numbing activities so that they can hop on for the ride and hopefully eventually take over because they don't have bodies. The closest they can get is the astral. I believe that all of this warfare is happening in the astral plane, which is the fourth dimension. And it doesn't even exist beyond the fourth dimension. And so we, because we have bodies and we are 
like our bodies are created to be here and our consciousness is adapted to our bodies. We are causal agents. Every single thing that we do every day affects and impacts this reality. Even if you're sitting in meditation or you're like, even if you're in a coma, you're still affecting this reality profoundly. Your breath is affecting the coma. The, the, you're in a coma and you have loved ones that care. Even if you don't have loved ones, you have medical staff that is, you know, like monitoring your vital signs while you're in a coma. You are dramatically impacting this reality. So in the solar plexus, it's like we've been separated. I also believe the solar plexus is where the sort of like we really come to realize ourselves as the trinity embodied so we are the divine child of mother father god and we are the like the third strand of dna the words are something along the lines of um like i am a royal son or daughter of mother father god and you know basically it's talking about how myself every individual self that we are is an invaluable note in the symphony of all creation. And we have been convinced otherwise. And so what happens in the solar plexus is we kind of tend to go one way or the other. We either like become Wolf of Wall Street, like power maniacs, um, but it's very out of balance and there's no spirituality to ground it. Or we go to the other extreme where we kind of like involute on ourselves and apologize for ourselves and we're like, Oh, God forbid I should take up too much space or like, God forbid I should be proud of myself because that's bragging or, you know, boastful or whatever kind of thing. And then we also have experienced all this trauma of being belittled and criticized and the many, many lifetimes where we have participated as, you know, like, I believe that probably I'll just say most of us, I don't want to speak in absolutes, but most of us have had at least one lifetime where we have been the aggressor that has hurt somebody else because free will exists here. And so there's, there's just like piles and piles and piles of things that we would rather not ever look at, but that is the perfect home for the parasites to be like, great. You want to abdicate your power awesome. I will just worm right in there and I'll start taking it for a joyride. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Have you had Elsa Dillon on the show yet? No, I haven't. Oh, I'm on it. I'm on it, audience. I'm on it. Everybody out there is just like, oh my God, how have you gone this long without connecting her? Okay. Elsa, uh, Australian, absolutely fascinating. Her family of 10, she has eight, her and her husband have eight children and they all communicate with incredible beings. Three of her daughters paint them and they're beautiful. It's like over 300 or 500 different beings. But one of the things she talks about in this is uh, this idea that it's really the ETs and everything. Um, ETs come on comets. So come ET, comet, right? And there's bacteria and ancient DNA and everything on that from water that's ancient that we've not experienced yet on Earth that has codes in it. So this is the same thing like what Colleen's talking about. Yes, totally. Yes. And so with that, though, she says diet is die ET because it's the ETs in your gut, your actual microbiome that are affecting yeah. everything, your vibe, your everything. Yes. So what you're talking about, and especially when we're talking, speaking of internal energy systems such as chakras, They'd be affected by this. And we all know this. Your health is affected. Your your health affects things, especially in the physical. And so these root chakra, these lower, 
impulses that the matrix seems to be very fond of keeping you in are to do so to feed basically like this bacteria that's been here um, or this virus rather, not a bacteria. And so it is more of a parasite type of a thing, but how you kill it is what these gurus do. Go on fasts, uh, cold plunges, um, be healthy, be happy. Don't get caught up in the cytokine storm and all of this stuff. So it's it's these fascinating things of all of the good energy, good vibes, like that will literally kill harmful parasites and bacteria in you, which is what we're talking about, what Elsa talks, Elsa talks about. Maybe the whole goddamn thing here, like the UFOs and the aliens and all that shit. You know, we were even talking about that maybe, perhaps, I mean, you know how we go, that UFOs, physical ones that fly over you are just sort of a distraction, sort of a, hey, look over here. There's nothing going on here. Look over here. This is what we really are. And maybe that's even a collection of a virus or something that can form that like um, like fish that form a huge school around to look like a larger uh, predator than they really are. Then not like a bunch of individual ones, but they'll form a huge school strength and number sort of thing, like a size thing. And maybe they do that on a cellular level and then build a UFO and shit. There's a lot of properties here, such as the cavity, uh, cavity structure effect and things to where like bees and stuff hover naturally. Like there's a lot of interesting things the same way that, um, what is it? The fish that's, uh, swim up river trout. What they're doing is they're going through these, uh, toroidal vortexes in the current. They're not swimming up. They're being shot like a rocket up the river, but they're these forces that are here all the time. So it's this idea of this, like, look over here, but again, it could be a collection of all these small things, just like we are. We're just a collection of a shitload of little cells. And so it's interesting, you know, maybe this is our UFO as an alien, really. It's our body is the UFO. We've constructed it out of these cells. It was birthed into a, through a portal and then we inhabit it. But the entity that's driving this thing can be switched out like a, like a Voltron or something. You know, you can have a new passenger jump in like the Mr. Smith effect or something to where if your vibe gets low enough, you can just be a representative for these bacteria or this internal system that's going on that is a representative of the matrix. It's fucking wild. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, all of that stuff that you're talking about is stuff that I think about all the time these days because like all of it. So I'll, I'll share that um, about a month ago, I started to feel like last year I had really, really, or starting at the end of 2021, I had really bad autoimmune flare up and topical steroid withdrawal and it like turned into you can't even call it eczema it was it was just a, a whole other thing but basically like massive detox through my skin and i could kind of feel it just as like the subtle signs about a month ago my body was like you have to all right it's time like what you were doing worked but now it's not you have to switch it up again and i was like okay okay body i know you're serious yeah. i'm gonna listen so i did this um cleanse. It was a colon cleanse. And have you ever heard of mucoid plaque? Uh, yes, but please go over it again. Okay. So apparently its existence is under debate. Um, I don't know why, but apparently colonoscopists or like, I don't know, colon, colon specialists say that they've never seen it on a colonoscopy and um, certain people that have done that do um autopsies say that they've never seen like an, a mucoid plaque in somebody that they're dissecting a cadaver that they're dissecting i don't know how like what they are doing but i'll tell you mucoid plaque is real so what it is is it's like a rubbery basically your your entire in, 
intestine is a mucosa. So your the inside of your mouth is a mucosa, meaning that you have saliva. It's not the same as the skin on the outside of our body. It is moist and highly porous and absorptive. And it also produces mucus to protect itself. So because we eat highly processed things here, things that aren't even actually food, they're just poison and they're flavored to be delicious. Our intestines produce more mucus than they probably are meant to. And that mucus eventually like hardens and becomes this rubbery substance. And it can be black or brown or green. And it carries a lot of like biofilms, the same that develop in our teeth around our mouth. So like little films of bacteria, um, also like funguses, candida, parasites, things like that. And it's like stuck to your intestinal walls. I don't think it's just in the colon. I honestly think it's in the small intestine as well. And a lot of people will get it out through prolonged juice fasting. But I was like, I don't have the fucking calories to spare. I don't have the body fat to spare. Plus, I still have a son that nurses at night. So I'm just going to do this expedited three-day one that I heard about. And I'll tell you that mucoid plaque is real because it came out of my body. And it's definitely not it's not poop. It's, it's definitely not poop. It's something else. It looks like you shot out your own intestines. It literally looks, it's like the inner glove of your intestines. It's crazy. And it's like, for example, it'll be upwards of two feet long. Sometimes it's like four to six feet long in one single excavation. I don't know, like one single shit basically. Um, and, and it's really crazy to, to see it. But basically the reason I'm sharing this is because what happened was, so I did this three-day cleanse. And then a couple of days later, I was like, I need to make a green juice. I haven't thought about making juice. I have a juicer. I haven't thought about making juice in ages. And I made this green juice. It would probably make most people who are not juicers be like, oh, why would you ever drink that? But I drank it and it was like the elixir of life going into my body. Like my whole being felt electrified. And I was like, like, it was amazing. And I realized that I could not previous, I've had juice before, but I've never felt like that, but I could not previously absorb it because there was something in the way. And then that was moved out. And now I can absorb all that. And I suddenly could understand like why fasting, why people do fasting, why like our diets are so um, important. Why, why they say all this, like you said, like living a good life, being close to nature, like drinking structured water, eating living foods, all that kind of stuff that really, really does make a difference. And, but we are not raised to be that way. And it's not a fucking coincidence. And a long time ago, I used to think it was, I was all innocent and naive. And one of my personality traits is that I give everybody the benefit of the doubt until they've screwed me over so hard that I can't anymore. Um, including like the government and all the things. So I was like, oh, you know, our current food situation is just a byproduct of industrial revolution and the wars and the need to, um, you know, 
mass produced food that had a long shelf life so that it wouldn't spoil and oh and look like but here are some inadvertent consequences like that's all i thought it was and now i'm like oh no these motherfuckers know what they're doing they totally know what they're doing they're feeding us poison they get us to feed and i'm not judging anybody like i look at my children's diet right now and i'm like i have to change this and how do you change a two-year-old and a five-year-old's diet but they're always reaching for the starchy, carby, sweet, like they love um, to have gnocchi with dinner. They love to have crackers, They like all that kind of stuff, right? They eat a lot of fruits and vegetables, but it's just interesting when you watch, you can see that right from the get-go, we are programmed to become perfect vessels for these parasitic yes entities and they are literal and physical. And I'll tell you too, it's all related because one time I was doing an Akashic reading with somebody and we found a little, it was like a little smoke fetus in her womb from, um, it was like a, she'd had an abortion many years ago. She didn't feel any guilt about it, but it was also connected with a past life. And it was just some, an energy that was being retained. And she, like, she was having symptoms in her body. And so we found this thing together and I kind of, it was really surreal. I'm, I helped her birth it. Like I'm energetically midwifed it and she energetically birthed it out. And it was at the beginning of me as an Akashic record reader. So I was like, are we just making this up? Like what the fuck is happening? But anyway, like 15 minutes later, she messaged me and was like, I just shot out a bunch of parasites and she had done parasite cleanses and parasite tests and everything and had never, like they all came back negative. Nothing came out with parasite cleanses. But when we moved this thing, this old unprocessed thing on an energetic level out of her field, out came the parasites that were attached to it. The physical parasites attached to the energetic baby that was no longer. Wow. Yeah. And then all of her, she basically, she believed she had endometriosis. She had a diagnosis of it and it was so severe that she was going to have a complete hysterectomy. And she was, um, had just turned 32 and she reached out for a reading because she was like, I just, I just need to know that there's not something else there before I do this because it's such a big deal. Like it's going to put her into menopause basically. And so we did it and that's what we found. And then out came these parasites and she no longer has any symptoms of endometriosis. It's, it's wild. And again, it was at the beginning of my Akashic reading career air quotes. So it's not like, like I was as shocked as she was. You know? <laughs> that's a big W up top though. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fascinating. Uh, the energetic component to this cannot be uh, overlooked. And now you almost think of these uh, doctors as people prescribing these medicines or anything like that. Maybe they don't know, and we're going to give them all the benefit of the doubt. But if you take this information and if like a doctor, for instance, is hearing this right now and then goes back to work, then the way we view you, friend, is is that you're one of the people that bring souls to vampires. You know what I mean? You're one of the people yes. that like offer folks up for these parasites. So not, I, I venture to say there are very few people out there that actually know this and do it um, with malicious intent. But also I would say that uh, this is an even more power empowering concept because it seems now, like you said, with the light 
something's going on with the sun. Something's going on with their awareness. I'm not going to say that they're related, but I'm not also going to say that they're obviously not related because this looks so crazy stair step. You could see even in the Newtonian model, cause and effect. Well, we seem to be getting more enlightened. There seems to be more light here. seems like a bunch of crazier shit is going on. Maybe that's because the light, the abundance of light here is shining light on all the darkness here. And maybe there are physiological responses from that light that's then making parasites within us that could be extraterrestrials in general and the whole goddamn thing here. And maybe this is what the split is, literally. It's like this idea of you, either you're cleansing or not, either you're going to be riddled with these parasites or not. And maybe that this is, again, some sort of physical thing, because if parasites in the physical dimension, I'm just going to say this because you're here. If parasites in the physical dimension can feed off of energetic components that aren't even there to sustain their physical ability, then what the hell is going on with like what energetic sources around here are all these things feeding on? All you need to do then is isolate those and whatever frequency bands they're in, which I would venture to say would be violence, intolerance, low vibe type shit. Again, operating out of those that real base chakra exclusively with disregard for anything else, then I'd say that that sort of behavior, which, you know, we can look out and see rampant maybe is what's causing all this shit. So if we just kind of clean those things up, then perhaps, I don't know. I mean, maybe a better, better world is on the way. I mean, I'm fine with like no Cheerios. I think that'd be fine. I could, I could do no Cheerios for the, for the <laughs> sake of everybody, like, and no ho-hos or something like that. Like we can get all, we can get over that. Right. Yeah, I can give up Cheerios. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but it's interesting. Cause when you think about it, of course, of course there would be, even if, even if we remove and I'm not doing this because I think it's not true, but just to simplify it and, and help to reduce any doubt, if we remove the concept of extraterrestrial parasites and we just look at like the connection between this energetic thing that we are carrying inside and the physical parasites, well, of course, physical parasites would be able to feed off of it because if you're carrying an unprocessed trauma, then it, you're going to the way that we behave, like we, we try to encapsulate our trauma that we don't feel equipped to look at. That's what we do. We're like, Ooh, I don't want to look at it. I'm going to like encase it. And I like, don't come near it. Don't touch it. And I'm going to change my behavior so that nothing can even poke at it because I'm so afraid of how it's going to feel to deal with this trauma. And so it even just that changes the way that we eat or who we talk to or the kind of conversations we're willing to have, the kind of um, media we're willing to, like what audiobooks we listen to, what podcasts we listen to. Do you know what I mean? Like, because oh, yeah. we all know people who, if we try to talk to them about something that's just a little bit too expansive for them, they're like, fuck you. And like, <laughs> they can't handle it. It's a trauma response because you're getting too close to something that they're just so afraid of within themselves. They're afraid of what is going to mean for them to have that Pandora's box opened yeah. with the understanding that, I mean, it's fair that they're afraid of it because to, you can't put it back in the box. Right. So it kind of makes sense that we're afraid on that level, but it also doesn't because it's just us. Like it's just our own stuff. But anyway, so so then even just from that level, like physiologically, of course, parasites would be attached to that. And when somebody is re ready to look at it and release it and they are like on an energetic level, completely change their consciousness, then the parasites are like, oh, like there's nothing left here for us. So and move on. <laughs> yeah. 
So what's it like? And I mean, you feel free to get graphic here. That's fine. I'm sure it's for educational purposes. And I do want um, the recipe for that three day thing that you did. So I can take one of these yard long uh, shit, not shits that you were talking about. But what does it feel like psychologically to have something like that pass through you? Was it, did it feel like you were actually shitting like all of your body out because it was a normal, like, it it seems like if an an inordinate volume of something came out of me, I would notice a weight difference, you know, especially like you and I, we don't, we're not packing on a bunch of extra weight. And so it seems like um, it seemed to be noticeable. Did you notice it? First of all, was that something? you Well, I mean, I knew I was doing this cleanse and I knew that was a possibility. So I wasn't taken by surprise by it, but it just felt like having a big poop. Okay, It wasn't, but also I'll say this, like I'm, I'm a very regular person, like constipation isn't an issue for me. And then also because of the autoimmune flare up, my entire diet, like I did not consume any sugar for over a year. Like, I mean, not even fruit, nothing, not honey, not fruit, nothing. The sweetest thing I ever ate was sweet potatoes. I really lived off of vegetables, the highest quality meat I could afford and sweet potatoes and squash for over a year. So I think my, like that helped because it wasn't a really abrupt, wasn't going from eating Cheerios and Ho-Ho's to you know, all of a sudden like pooping out an intestinal sleeve of hardened mucus, but it just, it just felt, it felt um, like a big poop. And also I'm somebody that really, I'm really willing to look at my trauma. I'm not, it's not easy. It's not easy for me either, but I just know that there's nothing I actually have to be afraid of that it's actually scarier thought to me to spend my whole life trying to not look at it um, than look at it. So for me, there wasn't a lot of mysterious emotional stuff attached to it, but I've heard because I also binged it on YouTube after I was like, Oh, okay. I need to hear other people's mucoid plaque experiences. So I have like my YouTube algorithm is full of shit right now. Um, (laughs) But some people, especially when they're on a prolonged fast, they will, they will uh, say that like they're ha- they have very emotional experiences with those releases. And then two, I've heard people report that when they pass um, a lot of parasites, when they pass the adult parasites, like, and this I have experienced because I have passed parasites. Last year I passed a good amount of parasites too. I would have really dark, weird dreams the night before, or I would feel really depressed, like during, like out of nowhere, I would just feel really like, oh, just not good and depressed. And I couldn't put my finger on what it was. And then lo and behold, I would pass some parasites, but I only ever passed the adults. I've never passed the juveniles or the eggs, but apparently it gets more intense with each, like the with the juveniles, you feel even worse. And with the eggs, you can even feel suicidal before you pass them. And so it's, but it's not actually you. It's the, it's the parasites or the eggs or whatever, like whatever stage they're at, um, probably dying and, and releasing a bunch of chemicals, right? Like into your system. And then you suddenly have to process all those chemicals and it like depresses your energy. And then when they're gone, it's, you're like, oh, I feel back to normal. 
It's so interesting. It's almost like you're taking on the weight of a, of a genocide, you know, like of all these entities that would prefer to live and that have a sweet deal going on. They don't know who you are, but all of a sudden this plasma apocalypse comes down from the sky (laughs) and all of a sudden they're dying and they're little, they're holding their little babies and shit, you know, and they're just little parasites living their lives. I don't know, but that's the thing, right? It's like, it's interesting because you feel the emotional weight of that. And that's, that's fascinating though. Even the different stages. Um, that's just so interesting to me. I'm just still kind of processing that thought, but, but again, it's, it's sort of to this, you know, those parasites do apprehend your thoughts in the way that they send these signatures to your neurotransmitters to then transmit them through your body. Uh, and it's, it's fascinating whenever you think about just that you're a bunch of chemical signatures, but really this is how you overwhelm your mind, you know, and you over or not overwhelm, overcome the things that would limit you before to doing the good, the good things for you. For instance, when we did that uh, cold water plunge or whatever, my inner bitch was like, I don't want to do this. Then that was the parasites or probably or whatever saying, dude, we don't want to do this because it's not good for the colony inside here. And, you know, they seem yeah. to have a sense of awareness. It seems like whatever's inside you knows what's happening on the external and it can read your feelings, your blood levels. I mean, your heart rate, everything. It seems to have a really good feel for what's going on outside the environment and how to respond on the inside. And all this has to do with your thoughts, the way you're thinking, feeling, all that shit. And so it's fascinating, again, of course, that it would manifest in a physical colony type of a way in your body, which is then more of like a, it's a real, it's a real thing. You can, you can see it. It's a physical thing that comes out of you. And I've seen these, uh, it was years ago, I saw these cleanses and I think Mary and I were talking about one and it's, it had these proud pictures of these people and they're holding their whatever up with like sticks that they had to go get a stick from outside and like hold this up and show you. Yeah. And I'm just like sitting here thinking, holy shit, like that's in us. Like that's what's going on. So how, how do you avoid this in the future? Is it just basically, does mucoid plaque happen or occur rather uh, because we just eat like shit and we're being bombarded with stuff constantly, it builds up, which then in, enables us or inhibits us at a level to be able to absorb the natural things here. It's almost like a synthetic coating, sort of how they put wax <clears throat> on the outside of apples before they sell them to you. Have you seen this? Yes. Yeah. Totally. So it's, it's like that, but for the inside of your body provided by the matrix that will then coat out all the good things, but then also keep you at a state where those parasites can have a happy life. Is that right? Yeah. So, I mean, this is all conjecture, of course, right? Because there are a million people touting a million different diets and saying like, this is the absolute way that all humans are supposed to eat. And I don't buy into any of that. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, if, if, if you're listening to this, listener and you're like me and you're like i need to go youtube mucoid plaque and just like binge on this then you will come across a lot of um very passionate vegans but particularly raw vegans who will really say that it's dairy and it's animal products that cause all this and they'll say that like you're eating death when you eat animals but you're eating life when you eat plants and things like that. And I'm not a nutritionist, but what I perceive is that that's probably not true because I just don't think it's true. First of all, I'm kind of biased because I'm very allergic, like not intolerant, but like anaphylactically allergic to nuts and seeds. So I couldn't be vegan if I wanted to. Um, I have to eat animal products. I have to eat meat. So I'm kind of like, I don't know. And I'm, I'm really very psychically tuned in. So I don't actually think that it lowers your vibe such that you can't be psychically connected, which is a lot of what is said. However, when I 
like when I look at different cultures that are, I call them earth star cultures. I think that they carry the closest um, like original human template. So a lot of indigenous cultures, a lot of them eat like they're omnivorous. And I, if, if uh, a group of people is living very close to the earth and they're not consuming any um, processed food, then I, I think they probably don't have a mucoid plaque, even if they eat animal products. Right. So I don't think it's actually that I think it's the processed food. And one of the things before, when I got that little like signal from my body and I was like, okay, I I hear you, I hear you was, um, I was eating a lot of mayonnaise, Hellman's mayonnaise, like probably pretty much every day, like not a tons. I wasn't like scooping it out, but I was using it frequently. I can't have right now. I can't have butter. So I'm having an egg sandwich. Like, what am I going to use? Coconut oil with eggs? Gross. So anyway, but I could feel like I was like, this is what mucoid plaque is. It just, it's this shit. It's like rancid oils and French fries and chips and alcohol and pop and, you know, just all this stuff that isn't food that we eat all the time. And again, it's our body initially is creating this, um, mucus layer to protect itself from the corrosive, like not, not real food stuff that's not supposed to be in there, but then we keep consuming it. So it keeps having to thicken the layer. And then these bacteria are feeding the bacteria and the like candida and parasites are feeding off of that processed food and they create biofilms, which then I think is what causes the rubberization of it. So it's just makes a really perfect little home for them. And then we are not able to assimilate our nutrients no matter what we eat. And I think that's why we have the cravings that we have, because also it was really weird after I did that cleanse and I started like, I'm drinking multiple juices a day right now because it just feels like phenomenal to do so. And I don't actually crave the things that I was eating before, but my brain still thinks I do like my, the habit of it still thinks that I want that, but my body doesn't actually want it because I don't think my body ever wanted it. It was, you know, opportunistic, the, the microbiome that had developed based on the modified standard American diet that I was consuming prior to my autoimmune flare up. I think that's what wanted it. It the way you describe it makes the most fucking sense, Amy. The most fucking sense because it, it's oh this apprehension oh of course it would develop these and yeah parasites are naturally drawn to that and then they would feed on that which then would signal the signal out that anything you didn't you put in your body that wasn't that wasn't good for you or wasn't healthy for you and this is why you'll find people like that start eating healthy they feel like absolute dog shit. It's because those signals from those parasites are saying, hey, we don't like this stuff because it's killing us off. We can't sustain ourselves on this kind of living. It's like extremophiles, those little um, creatures that live at like the allegedly the bottom of the ocean where these thermal vents are, where it's like crazy amounts of pressure, darkness. But there's heat from this uh, these thermal vents, but it's all absolutely toxic shit and nothing else can survive on it. You know, very few things can survive on it, but it does a hell of a job and it thrives down there with very few to no predators. So. It's this interesting thing to think that you're a, you're a, uh, an environment for that, but that you tailor and you terraform the environment for the creatures that live within you. 
It's just like anything. It's the ultimate tending of your garden. If you're going to, yeah. you know, live in a clean home, then clean your home, right? But cleanliness is next to godliness is now taking a new meaning in my ears. Is because now it's like a personal cleanliness. And we're talking about mind, body, and spirit here. And they're all tied in together. So it's just so interesting the way you put this and the visual, almost just like battle, you know, really it's a dance, but also it's a choice. Uh, but this this symphony of, of organisms that are going on within your organism, you know, really seems to be the, the showstoppers here. And they're the ones really calling all the shots. So it's interesting if you can get ahead of listening to those signals, which is just, again, you listening to them because it is the same voice as you. It, it knows your voice, so it speaks to you in that. But if you can just feel the energy between the conversation, that's really what I started listening to with cravings, habits, things like that. I'd be like, hang on, do I really want that? Or is it something where I'm just habitually like guided to do that or whatever? And so I've, I've eliminated a few things in my life just simply because of this. I've been just like, no, there's just a habit. There's just a way I thought about it. And then again, like where we were talking about earlier, the thoughts would come in, but I can recognize them. They present themselves not in my voice anymore. And so they come in meek at me and I'm like, ah, no, 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 we're not doing that. We don't, we don't come with that energy, but thank you. You know, good. Thanks for checking in. Say hi to your mom and them, but you just go ahead and head on back. So it's an interesting thing that where you do take control of this vessel rather than being driven. Like, um, you know, cause now I'm even thinking of all those times when people say that they, they do have psychic visions or they can see things that I'm, that I can't uh, right now at least. And they'll say that they see like a, a 13 foot or 11 foot tall lizard person, like with their arms jammed into the shoulder blades and the back of someone walking them around and steering them. And this is what I picture whenever I think of these lower energy entities sort of, uh, you know, commandeering your vessel. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I think those are real. I do. I don't know why they present as lizards. I, I don't think that they are. I think they are more on the microbiome level than like the microbial level than they are on like a, a macro inc incarnate level. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. So I think that they infiltrate all kinds of organisms, honestly, but I, that mental picture of, uh, you know, a lizard, something or other, or any kind of dark entity that is like puppeting, commandeering a human. I really think that's what's happening. And I think, I think that, so, you know, how there's all these like stories of really cool alien experiences where people like, they just, they're like, whoa, and they're mind blown. Their life has changed in positive ways. And then there are these stories of super not cool abduction experiences where people are heavily traumatized and there's like hybridization programs. And, um, you know, I, for whatever reason, it's a whole side tangent that I'm not going to get into, but in October, November, December, I was really guided to listen to those experiences. Like I needed to not have my blinders on and be like, you need to acknowledge that some people have very not cool experiences with abduction. And the theory that I have going based on listening to all of those, plus a bunch of my own downloads is that I think that there are real like positive hybridization programs that are whatever. I'll talk about those later if we get there, but the, the hybridization programs that seem to be in violation of free will and seem to be really hurting people. I think that those are actually, I think that they are trying to 
create a vessel for themselves to be able to come here and oust us and be like, fuck you. This is our world because they don't have bodies. They are not like when you said that our bodies are the UFO, our bodies are. That's totally what I see interdimensional travel as being is like we we can dock into this body. We can dock into other bodies that we have in other dimensions and they want to be in this dimension because it's physical and they have like because they just can it there's free will and you can create here so they can just create whatever they want that's what they want but they don't have bodies they weren't created to be here so i believe they're trying to engineer bodies for themselves and that's why they want human dna in particular because humans have been given the creator gene i believe by the creator i don't believe that we were created by Anunnaki. I do believe that if there was interference, um, <laughs> I, I feel like, I think I talked about this on with you on this show, but I had a memory of being like part of the, I think they were the Anunnaki and like flooding the anthills. Yes. Kind of being dicks, honestly. Yeah. Um, but we weren't the, we didn't create humans. We just fucked around with it a little <laughs> bit. And then, and it's probably those same beings that are, you know, that same consciousness that wants to be able to incarnate here. So I think I think that's what's going on. And I think that they are um, in the meantime, because they don't have bodies created for themselves yet. They do that thing. I, I think they severely they select humans, severely traumatize them or severely compromise them morally. And then they can kind of like use them, but it's still like a a puppet sort of thing rather than like they can't actually like they can even get in the body, but they can't actually fully oust the original human being yet or the original soul. And there was one more thing that I was going to say. Oh, yeah. The heart is the linchpin of all of it. The heart the heart is like the heart is the most important chakra. If we don't have a connection with the heart, then we are sort of like sitting ducks for them. Wow. So do you think it's something that we need to constantly be on guard for? Do you think that it's with this awareness, we set parameters and boundaries and can move forward boldly and create from there rather than be just constantly in a world of like taking five foot shit? Because we don't want to be taking five foot shits I mean, day in and day out. If it's going to be a regular thing, I'd kind of let you know, because you got to plan your day for that. You know, you do. It can't yeah. be like planning to be on a flight or in a meeting or. In- no, that's right. Um, <laughs> no, I think that this is our fucking realm. We were made to be here. We have all the power. They have to work so hard. Like, do you ever sit back and just really appreciate the genius of? what they have like their whole false matrix thing. It's so intricate. Yeah. Why? Because we're actually super powerful Yeah. and they have to work very hard to constantly keep us disconnected from that power and an awareness of that power. And so as soon as we start to take it back, it's, it just feels like unsubscribing from emails to me personally. And you know, there are some, there are some fucking emails that you unsubscribe like 25 fucking times before it they finally what I don't know what happens but finally you don't hear from them anymore and some of our programs that we have running are like that where it can feel really frustrating like it's very deeply rooted or you know going back to the garden analogy 
there are weeds that you might not get, like you'd have to dig very deep to get that tap root all the way at the bottom and completely pull it out. And do we even need to? I don't know. I don't think the purpose is to eradicate the darkness. I believe that the darkness is supposed to exist or the whatever the I don't even like to call it the darkness, but that other polarity has to exist for this whole current universal time matrix to work the way it does. But right now it's kind of it's kind of out of control. And so the objective isn't necessarily to eradicate all of it and see it as a an actual war where we have to vanquish the foe completely. I think it's just like you just got to weed the garden. You just yeah. got to weed the day. You just got to keep, you know, like you said with your thought ninja. You notice it and you're like not today thought. <laughs> nope, not today. He they know. I mean, and they come meek now, which is fascinating. These come very strong, very forward and I it took me a minute to figure out that they weren't what I wanted. They I was receiving them, but they weren't what I wanted. But they were habits. And I was like, oh my God, I've been thinking that thought for a long time. Or oh my God, that's been popping up in my mind for a long time. So I recognize it, put thought ninja on it. And it is something that now just whoop and presents itself, but it comes so sheepishly. It's so interesting the way that it manifests. And it's because I just have I'm the CEO of this bitch, you know, and I and yes. all these things know that. Yeah, you just take over, you take control. That's all it is. Totally, totally. I I really think it is that. It's just accepting that we are powerful. We are powerful creators. We don't, part of it, I think, honestly, like the thing that is causing the most resistance for the most people is that that also means we can't entertain our victim stories at all anymore. And, but do you feel like there's no more audience for it? That's what I see that just like victim uh, victims and bullies, the only reason bullies exist is because victims exist, that there's no one to hear their sob stories anymore. Uh, I'm not an ear for them. And so it seems like the people who are looking for those sympathetic ears to keep them stuck in the States, a lot of the people that they're talking to have quit drinking. They're moving forward. They're going to the gym. They're doing things for themselves. And they there's very few options for some folks right now to turn to. And so they're finding themselves. I've found I've talked to a couple of people that have found some themselves moving from groups and then found themselves just burying deeper, admittingly, and then they'll come back out of it and tell me about this, but then they go back in and they find themselves in these conversations with these groups of people that were way far away from where they were. And it's because their current circle just left left without them because they weren't willing to evolve. But now again, like everybody's back together and it's happy times and all that kind of stuff. But even within this, I just think, I feel that there's not really, really many ears for complaints. There was... A situation my wife were in, uh, my wife and I found ourselves in the other day to be an opportunity for a greater, grander version of ourselves where there was a lot of complaining going on and a lot of complaining to the with a lot of eye contact. Like, can you believe? And I can't. And then this person and my wife and I just sat there and we listened because we didn't have anything to say. We absolutely aren't someone who's going to sit there and amplify that with you because that's just not our vibe. And this person knew that. And very quickly, the conversation changed because it just ended because there was no, we weren't feeding anything. And it was just sort of an awkward, okay, well, that was that. was that, And we moved on, didn't take any of it on, but that person didn't have the ear. You know, they didn't have the reinforcement yeah. for the parasite. And so now they find themselves alone with those feelings. Now, reinforced by positivity, because whenever there was a question asked, I addressed, hey, well, what do you think about that? And I always, well, where's the gift? You know, yeah, you've told us a lot of stuff you didn't like about it, but where's the gift? Like, what have you learned? What, what are we moving forward to embrace? There was no you know, answer for that. And so again, there's there's a level at which um, there's no tolerance, you know, and I, we don't give attention to it. We're here for you. We're sweet and all those wonderful things. But as far as like 
uh, being a commiserator, that's absolutely not something um, I've ever identified with. Yeah. What an amazing point you just made. I really hadn't thought of that. And that's a really, really powerful point that the victim stories really don't exist in isolation for very long. They really do need to be fed because they are parasitic. Yep. And yeah, so that's a, that's a really powerful act of love that we can all do is just like you and Mary did just like, I'm going to listen, but I'm not commiserating. I'm just going to let you have a moment to, you know, vent it out, but I'm not giving it any fuel at all. So it, you, you just very quickly realize like we got to move on to a different topic. That's it. It's just love and grace, you know, and it's just, you embrace it with that. Um, One thing I I will say, I'm very proud of my uh, younger brother, Charlie. He is um, him and I have the same dad, the same sperm donor that bailed whenever he was born and then he bounced. So uh, my brother, Charlie and I, um, I quit drinking, um, a little over two years ago. It's probably actually been exactly two years. It's somewhere around late May, June, somewhere in there. Anyway, um, so I quit drinking and it was funny. We had a conversation then, I think last Christmas, so a year, almost two years into my change. And he said, uh, you know, that's interesting. You quit drinking and all this stuff. And it's a family. It, this is an ancestor thing from us. Like our our real dad sperm donor guy. This was, I got visited in the Akashic records by his dad, our grandfather on that side, who I didn't recognize, thanking me with tears in his eyes for healing that side of the family. And what's fascinating is my brother, Charlie, we were talking about this. He said, you know, it's interesting you quit drinking. How'd you do it? All these things. And I just told him, I was just like, dude, I just stopped. I didn't, I didn't see myself it being a, it being healthy for me moving forward. And after 20 years of every single day, I just stopped. And especially knowing history and blah, blah, blah. And then um, I think uh, three months ago we were on the phone and he said he quit in January, like right after we had that conversation. So that's two healings in one lineage that now his daughter, he just had a daughter. I mean, I'm now an an uncle, you know, by blood and all that. And so, but, but it was the conversation with him of the non-reinforcing of that behavior. It was like, I don't anymore because I see myself this. And the, the, the comment he made right after was that, well, it seems like everybody's getting their shit together and that's the first thing they do. And it's interesting because it was that, but then to see him do it. Right. So I, as an example, uh, we just, we're out here living the examples of life. And if people ask us our secrets, I'll tell you, but it comes at sacrificing this old programmed version of you and flushing some parasites out. Now I haven't taken a 12 and a half foot shit yet, but I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> what I mean to say is, is that it's a conversation had that then they, the, they can then begin to change their mind in the direction of their own healing. And it was just awesome. Like I didn't know he, that was even on his mind. We had that conversation through insider. He told me that he quit drinking and, and was like, already passed all the nonsense to where it wasn't like, oh, I quit yesterday. Like, no, he was already well into it months wise. So I'm just very proud and just getting stories like this. Like I know you do people that are healed and and just coming forward saying, you know what? I'm done with this old nonsense. And this, I, this, I really think is what's going on here with all this. And the parasites are being flushed out. They can't handle it. Our son's too goddamn bright. We're having too much fun. That's right. Our son's too goddamn yeah. bright. I also think that's probably why we're seeing like such extremes. <clears throat> In like, for example, not to get political, I like really not to get political, but it's just an easy example in all this stuff around the um, like the transgender stuff. And particularly, though, the way that it impacts kids and their ability to access life altering medical procedures without their, you know, parent or adult caretakers permission. It's um. I love everybody. I'm just going to say that. And like, however you actually like, whatever you feel is your authentic self, I support that and want you to feel like your authentic self. So I'm not trying to make any statements, but I do see that there is some dark shit happening there. Right. Because children definitely 
like I'm the mother of children and I'll tell you that my daughter right now, her chosen nickname is Rainbow Violet and she is a magical fairy unicorn. And that's fine because she's five and she's allowed to see herself that way. But if she was allowed to make life altering decisions based on how true that feels to her right now, she would do it. Does that mean that when she's 45, she will support that decision? No. So anyway, I think that as more sun comes in and more of us do do these upgrade things where we're like, I just don't see myself as continuing with this behavior or this choice or this perception of myself or whatever, getting my shit together, getting my act cleaned up, not indulging in my, um, you know, my victim stories that kept that alive anymore. The, the parasites aren't necessarily dying. Those are astral parasites that are like, fuck, we gotta, we gotta get to a new, <laughs> we gotta find a new host because this host is no longer you know, a host for us it's not an environment that we can thrive in anymore. And so I think that's also why we're seeing these extremes. I feel like the gray zone is disappearing and it's, it's kind of like, it can sound like religious or like super moralistic. I don't perceive it that way, but it feels like, you know, in the nineties, Brandon, when we could just walk down the road, listening to our CD Walkman and Walking very carefully because it skipped, even though you had the right? skip, skip exactly. action on it. Yeah. It that drained your battery. Phone. Yeah. And if it if you did, it definitely wasn't a smartphone. It was a phone of below average intelligence. And the quality and the texture of reality was very different. And you could just watch a movie without decoding it. You know what I mean? Like it was just a different kind of reality. Now it's becoming much harder to do that. We're all becoming more and more aware of the consequences of our choices, not bad consequences, but just the effect of our choices. We're understanding ourselves as causal agents, even if we don't use those words to describe it. And as such, we can't just hang out in the gray zone. That neutrality period is over. It was a really nice grace period in a lot of ways, but also all those parasitic things existed in there and we were unaware of it. But now it feels like we're being forced to move to extremes. And I perceive that most people are going to go to the light because the the darkness, for lack of a better term, is really dark. It's not a, it's not pretty there. It's not pretty. It's different when you're in the gray zone and you're kind of, you know, whatever, like, for example, when I was 13, my best friend and I, um, we stole some shit from Canada's wonderland, just like some hair barrettes and whatever, you know, we thought we were pretty badass. That's leaning more towards the dark. And I kind of knew that because I'd been raised right enough to know that I was doing something wrong, but it was also like super low key in the sense that I wasn't directly causing extreme harm to anybody. That gray zone is not available anymore. It's like, we're so, I'm so aware. Like I can't do that. I can't even lie to people anymore. Even, even like white lies, air quotes, very, very, very challenging to do because the gray zone, it feels like one of those movies where the the floor splits in half and it's moving in two directions. You got to pick which side are you going to? Because there's only actually two sides available and it's all actually the same one side. It's all going to come back 
together in the end, but it it does matter which side you pick because it's going to affect your journey. Do you know what I mean? I totally do. Yeah. And then, then this is the question. I know we have a hard out, so we'll wrap it here in a minute, but this is the question then, because with this, we talk, we've talked to Joe Thomas, we've talked about the split. We've talked about Dolores Cannon. We've talked about this idea. The more you and I have discussed this here today, and especially with uh, the new stuff that Elsa Dillon and I were talking about recently, it's, it's all sort of forming this picture of what this may present itself as, you know, and whenever we talk about this, some people say it's going to be this energetic split to where people just like queef out of existence, which is weird to me. <laughs> but what may happen is what we may be seeing with this uh, elevation in consciousness with this extrusion of parasites, whether astral or physical. And it seems that people leveling up, they're not themselves anymore. So yes, their old self queefed out of existence that whatever was driving around to cause the decision makings that then caused the reactions that then caused blah, blah, blah. All the Newtonian things that can be viewed in this way are then nullified and emancipated, as you said, great word, uh, with with that simple apprehension, because then you, you're not dropping bodies. Again, like Brandon said, it's not it's 1776 without the bodies. We don't need to physically remove people because they're so infested with parasites or because we're so infested with parasites that we believe that's the way that we handle things is by literally physically vanquishing things from this realm in the in the sense of human beings and other but if we're talking about visually um, vanquishing parasites from us in the form of 85 foot shits, you see how the number just keeps increasing as I've yes. said it, uh, then um, those are wonderful things that you can physically see. And and then the question is, is, okay, well, does that, is that what the fifth dimension is? And you know, is this what, cause now we're tying it into oversoul sun being sort of a lens here. That's raising the vibe. You know, people may look at it as global warming or temperature increase or something like that, but really it's maybe vibe making it an unsuitable terraformed area for these parasites that we're living high on the hog but maybe then again that these things die out but all the physical people are here they're just different like all of a sudden my mom wants to like do ayahuasca with me in the jungle you know rather than tell me about how hell's a place right so it, it, it do you think it's going to be something like that i mean now that we're having this conversation in this way i'm thinking that this is what we mean by a new world but it's without you know half of us going somewhere and like you said yes the floor is splitting but it's the ones that are choosing to maintain the old paradigm, not necessarily their physical vessel. You see what I'm saying? Maintaining, yes, choosing yes. to hold the parasite. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I agree totally that it's like, it's not actually about the physical vessel. It's about the consciousness that occupies the physical yes. vessel, which is why I kind of, even as a kid, I was like, didn't understand the death penalty because I just had this inherent knowing that we, we reincarnate. So I was like, <laughs> it's going to come. You're back. just giving them a jail, a get a jail free <laughs> card. Like I don't get it. But anyway, I I like that. I like that people are just going to vaginal fart out of existence. Yes. A beautiful, beautiful illustration. But I actually, I don't even think I told you this, but at the end of March, I think it was, I spontaneously, I describe it as I went to New Earth and I understood it was called Tara, T-A-R-A. And when I say I went, I mean, my body stayed here because my body is designed for here, but I, I just call it phase shifted. It, I'd phase shifted to a different reality where I could feel things through my senses. Like I shifted into a different body. I had a different body there, but it's very similar to this one, but just very well glowing, if you will. Um, and so now I understand that it is a real English requires that I describe it as a place, but it's not a place 
as in geographical location. It is a strata of consciousness. And the way that reality manifests at that strata of consciousness is different than the way it manifests as the, at this strata of consciousness. So I think that you're correct. And I think we're all in the process of phase shifting right now. And that is why your mom is like, let's go do ayahuasca together. I don't need to stress about, you know, your soul burning in hell forever because you don't believe what I think you're supposed to believe based on what I've been told. It, Yeah. And, and why your brother is like, I'm just, I'm ready. I'm ready to give up alcohol. So many of us are gradually shifting and the way that I perceive it is that there's a, I still call it the firmament because I don't know a better word, but it just feels like there is a, a membrane between the third dimension and the fifth dimension, let's say. And the fourth dimension is actually like a lubricating substance that allows us to pass through that membrane. The membrane is porous. But if you are coarse in your consciousness, you can't pass through. So the objective is to become very fine in our consciousness. And then we can pass through. And we don't, I I think probably are, I actually think that we don't, our bodies don't need to die. Our if we can do this, like along the lines of everything we've been talking about in this conversation, cleansing, 85 foot shits, all the things, our body can become light as well. Like it can follow our consciousness and adapt. And maybe there will be a husk of it that gets left behind, but not in the same way as when we die. And I don't know, that's just a speculation, but I just know I saw a bunch of people there and I was like, well, we all look human. Like we don't look you know, it's not like avatar. Like we don't have like 12 foot tall blue bodies. Like we all look basically like we do now, just like much, much brighter. Yeah. Glowy. I don't know. I I don't really know how else to put it. So that's my best conjecture. I think old versions of ourselves repeatedly queef out of existence and our body, like, because what, what even are our bodies? Like really, when you go down to it at the subatomic level, it's just a bunch of electrons and quarks. I don't even think we have, I don't even think we have bosons in our body, you know, like I think it's literally just quarks and electrons for human beings. Neutrinos just pass right through us. So we're just these subatomic particles that are blipping in and out of existence. And when we are blipped into existence, they're, you know, arranging themselves in certain patterns. And when we are here and we're under all of the sort of toxic load, the the parasitic load of, um, you know, various like EMFs and shit in our soil and our air and all that kind of stuff in our food, all the things, um, then that sort of whole, it creates distortion patterns in the way that those subatomic particles and then atoms arrange themselves. But as we lighten our own load through our consciousness, they can return to their original sort of geometries. And then plus we're very plasmatic. Like we're not actually like, you know, again, go binge a bunch of stuff about you, mucoid plaque on YouTube and you'll see like testimonials of people who have done prolonged juice fasts, not saying you have to, or even that I would, 
But I'm just saying that we shape shift all the fucking time. It is totally within our purview to shape shift. It's just we have to actually be willing to change the variables to adjust. As Sam Tripoli said to me, it's like it's just adjusting the variables. We have to be willing to adjust the variables in order to shape shift. That's just it. like anything else in, in this reality. Yeah. Just dialing in. That's it. Yeah. It's like you said about the porousness. This is what sort of what we're doing when we, you know, cut those sandbags to a raise to another cent level in the atmosphere or anything like that. It's that we're making ourselves a vessel to be able to pass through the next realm and not be stuck here, if you will. And that's what's interesting when we talk then about the Archon Soul Trap and things like that, that maybe that's what that is. The membrane is you need to complete the cycle, maybe. I don't know. And I want to talk to you next time. Uh, we're going to tease this, but next time you come on, I want to talk to see if you really think you're going to die in this life. Okay. I've had a lot of thoughts about it and I'm just curious to see oh. what you think. Okay. Um, but it, but again, it's interesting sort of this membrane um, film thing that where you would need to be a vibrational match or at least have shed or elevated or not have be bombarded and weighed down perhaps by parasites. Maybe that's the configuration with a shitload of parasites, rather astral or other you know, that lizard person driving you through, maybe that's what gets caught on the membrane as you're trying to pass through and turns you back around to go the other way. If you could mm -hmm. shed all that shit, perhaps this is what we're talking about, about the next step. It's interesting. Well, I kind, of think, I kind of think that's what the Christ consciousness is too. Like that, uh, I, I really believe that Jesus, like I do believe that Jesus is a real person. Um, and I believe that Jesus, literal or symbolic, is a way shower and it was not in it's not like we all have to just be these helpless lambs being led to the slaughter and waiting for the savior to come and hopefully the savior comes before we die or whatever kind of you know passive sort of victim perceptions we have i really think that it was like this is how you do it. Like you just, you don't, you don't worship money. You don't worship the material things. You understand that they're dope and you get to, you get to be with them and create with them. But if you try to hold on to them and identify with it, then you're going to get trapped. You're, it's like a sandbag, like you said, and that there is a way to pass through this membrane. Um, but it's through, it's through the consciousness and it's through the heart. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Amy Valera, all the ways to find you located down in the show notes. Look forward to this and all the other ones. I mean, absolutely all the other ones. You're doing crushing shit, especially with your uh, Kashik Records training. Do you want to tell us about that a little bit? Yes. Okay. So I am launching an Akashic Records training and certification. It's called Akashic Holographic Mastery because it's all the things that I've learned in the Akashic Records and in the holographic field, really, really cool things that we can do. And it's designed for people who know that they're here to facilitate Akashic Records readings or like in some way for other people. It's for other people. Um, you could already have an existing business as a heal, like you could be a Reiki healer, for example, or you could be a coach or whatever kind of thing. Like it's perfect for that, but it's also perfect if you don't have an existing business at all. And it's a four month long, or there's an eight month long option. So there's the foundations level and there's the advanced level. And what I do is I teach you like the nuances and the important things of how to facilitate a reading for somebody else. And we also incorporate a lot of practice so that, you know, you can feel confident and competent on the other side. So you're not just like, oh, I listened to her say a bunch of things, but can I actually do this? So that you feel really like, you know, prepared 
to do these readings on the other side. And it's also business setup. And it's not cookie cutter business coach bullshit. I'm not actually a business coach. It, I just successfully set up a business for myself. And I see, I've seen the things that are cookie cutter, the things that we're told we have to do. And I call bullshit on a lot of them. And I see the things that we actually do have to do though, that a lot of people have resistance to. And just like what we have to do to set up a business that is sustainable and scalable, but also very authentic to ourselves so that we are doing things out of alignment with our heart and our soul and not out of what we think we have to do per, you know, bullshit industry standards. So I'm very excited to be offering this. It's just going to be like, oh, like I'm just... There, there's so many cool things I've learned how to do in the Akashic Records that I'm just dying to share with people who really want to know how to do it too. So it starts um, June 23rd, but I'm not, it's not like I'm going to close enrollment. You know, if you hear this, I don't know when it's coming out. So if you hear this in July or August or something, you're like, oh, that's for me. The doors will still be open. We're just starting on June 23rd and you can go back and listen and move at your own pace. Awesome. Absolutely perfect. And as a testimonial here from my audience, Amy uh, has spent time in my Akashic Records with me as well as Mary's, my wife's with her personally, independently. And holy shit, we were actually talking about you the other day about that records reading and how much it impacted us. We have a friend of ours, Natasha Koshinka. She's staying with us for a couple of days. She just moved in from New York and moving to Fort Worth. So she's staying with us for a little bit while her uh, living situation is getting figured out. Anyway, she we were talking to her about all this. She was fascinated by it. And what we told her about what you told us and how we approached it changed the way everything happened. In fact, I'll let the audience in on this. I don't know if they know that. You're the one of the biggest reasons I left that stupid job and quit and actually had the balls to move forward and to quit because uh, we had our Akashic Records in here. Uh, you and I were on the phone. I had you on speaker. Mary could overhear it. And whenever I went into the room, I had this look of empowerment, but a little bit of scared on my face. And Mary just started crying. She knew I was going to quit after talking to you. And it was because of the information you gave, the empowerment that you gave me. And Jesus, I cannot thank you enough. There, it, it has been the best damn decision. And it was the, the, the fear killer that I needed to move forward to be of greatest service. And none of this would have happened without you. The publishing house, all that shit, really. You, were, you young lady, were a massive reason why I was able to quit when I did and with confidence that I did. So thank you. Yay. That makes me so happy. I have no idea. I just want to like ping, 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 activate people all over the place so that we can get on with doing what we're here to do. So oh, that makes me so happy, Brandon. If you guys want it linked in the show notes, she's teaching you how to do it. So that's incredible. And again, to your validity. So just thank you so fucking much, Amy. You're incredible. We'll do this again a million thousand more times. So thank you. Love you, brother.